welcome to Fifth Draw Wild, everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and today we're going to be concluding our episode series on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Buckle up, everybody. This one gets weird. Previously on Fifth Draw Wild. Knock, knock. No. 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 And our returning guest this week is Joe. Joe, welcome back. It's great to be back. It's uh, It's been a whole number of days since we last talked. Let's keep the kayfabe. <laughs> a whole week. Definitely. So we're going to we're going to pick up our our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with Volume Six. Yep. Uh, volume Six is a fun one. Um, it's really dumb. It's like super dumb. Um, okay, let's let's get into it then. So uh, our main uh, protagonist for this one is Jolene Cujo, the daughter of uh, of Jotaro Cujo. We mentioned him last episode. Worst human being ever. Um, it also marks our first female protagonist in JoJo's. Awesome. I'm excited to learn about her. Yeah. Uh, so, the plot of Part 6, Stone Ocean, is Jolene is wrongfully imprisoned for a hit-and-run, which her then-boyfriend committed, and she is sent to Green Dolphin Street Prison. Uh, there, she has a she has her one conjugal call with uh, her father, who uh, slips her a locket with uh, a shard of the stand arrow that we discussed earlier, and she gains her stand. Uh, and then we kind of meet a few of her inmates, and also are uh, it's really interesting how they do this. We meet their we meet the villain. But it's it's not shown initially who the villain is. We see their stand, who which has the ability to take away stands and memories and seal them in a disc, which he does to Jotaro, basically giving Jolene the impetus she needs to track this guy down and save her father. Okay, okay, cool. I like it so far. This mm-hmm. this will be fun. Yeah, uh, we do kind of go back to again. Uh, this is a fight of the week. Uh, we get a little bit of traveling there. It's mostly just around Florida, which is fun. Yeah, so I guess really this, again, has a lot more development of characters and stuff. So we'll kind of talk about the main squad. Uh, so obviously we have Jolene, who is looking for whoever stole her father's memories. We have Ermes Costello, who is in prison to find the man who uh, sullied her father's namesake. We have Foo Fighters, who is sentient algae. Um... <laughs> nope. Nope, you're not getting me that early. It's... <laughs> okay. Not we'll... this time, Joe. We'll warm not up to this it time. Alright. Uh... Listen, I, I, have a, I have an idea of what's coming, mm-hmm. and I have to store these reactions up because there's some bonkers coming down the pipe. Yep, there are indeed. Uh, we have uh, Heavy Weather, who is basically looking to get his memories back. Um, obviously, like we know that someone has the ability to steal memories, and those two things are very much interconnected. And then we have the worst human being ever, whose seeming only goal in all of Stone Ocean is to marry Jolene, 
and does so by constantly putting her in harm's way so that he can save her and show her how much uh, she needs him. And he is the worst. I don't like him. I already don't like him and want him to die. No, no, no one really likes him. All right. So, uh, off to solve the amnesia problem then? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Really, a lot of this is set in the prison there, trying to find out, you know, all their various goals, um, or, like, the solution to their various goals, like, going around the prison, like, trying to find information. All the while, the villain, who is not revealed for a good while, is, like, sending his agents with stand powers to basically hinder their progress. Uh, I did also forget one more, and it's funny because I forgot this character last time we recorded this. Uh, we have Emporio, who is a child who was born in the prison and hasn't been able to leave because reasons. Okay, okay. There's a lot of various battles and fights, and again, Jojo's really cool at this because not all problems are solved by punching each other, because how can you basically punch a guy to death whose ability is he commits suicide and you feel the effect of him committing suicide until you die? Oh, that's... Oh, oh, that feels real bad. It's super weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, part 4 gets very graphic. Uh, part 6, rather, sorry. Uh, gets really, really graphic. And most of that comes from Foo Fighters, who is the sentient algae, because she is able to just kind of regenerate, because uh, she's taken human form... And essentially her, her whole story arc is her trying to find out what it means to be human. Uh, so she gets in a lot of fights, like, the entire top of her head is sliced off, and st she still, like, kicks a guy to death. And it's actually just kind of really interesting. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I can dig that. Super rad, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of just really cool moments of her, like, really juxtaposed because she's super serious about protecting her friends because they're teaching her what it means to be human, but also she kind of has this really happy-go-lucky attitude to, like, new human things she finds, and she's just she's just adorable. And I never thought I'd say that for sentient algae. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we have our big reveal of who the villain is, and uh, it's a man of God, uh, Father Pucci, who was best buds with Dio, it turns out. Um, there is a retcon from part three. Uh, the reason they think that Jotaro went there, uh, went to Cairo, was to find this book that Dio had been keeping, which was a way to find heaven. And now that he has Jotaro's memories, he basically like looks at those memories and says, okay, that's exactly what the book looks like, because he remembers it. And so... A weird ritual goes on where Pucci is trying to find his way into heaven. Okay. that's That seems real cool. I like this so far. Yeah. Uh, there's also, like, some really cool, like... It will sound really jokey when I say it, but there's, like, some cool, like, philosophical stuff to come out of this manga about dudes punching each other. A lot of that is focused on Pucci. Like, we kind of get his philosophies on being a man of God, but also, like, his idea of humans' place in the world and, like, human evolution and things like that. It's really cool. Uh, and they 
they humanize him, but not to the extent that they did Kira. But it's super cool. Uh, and then like loads of bad crazy stuff happens. <laughs> so now we've got now we've got our our kind of race against time, right? Mm-hmm. This is we now have to go stop this guy from getting to heaven. Yep. So we have a prison break. Uh, Jolene and Pals are now out of the prison, and they're following, or they're basically trying to catch up with Poochie, who is going to a remote swamp and is just hunched over a bush, and he picks up a weird baby that's just there. Where did where did the baby come from, Joe? It came from space, I guess. Where did the baby come from? Came from space. Never pick up a space baby. You don't know where they've been. <laughs> They could have space rabies, for all you know. And if you pick up the space baby, the space mother will never come back for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so we've got a creepy space baby. Uh, and then he says... What madness is... <laughs> he says some words of power and it binds with his stand. Okay. Look. Keep going. The next time you meet a space baby... I assume baby, this is just going to get worse. Next time you meet a space baby, just like stand over it and say things like, Rhinoceros beetle. Pear tart. Dijotto. <laughs> There's no way that's the magic words. Um. No. Um, no. Those are some Joe, of them. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> those are bad magic words. <laughs> so. <laughs> so now that the green baby has uh, combined with Poochie Stand. He goes from being able to steal memories and stands to be able to just control gravity. That's not the logical evolution of that power. It's really not. It's really, really not. But okay. So what does Space Baby do with this power to control gravity? They just go to the, uh, I think it's the Kennedy Space Museum. Because Dio left certain um, geographical coordinates of, this is how you get, um, Dio left very specific geographical coordinates of this is how you get to heaven after saying words a space baby uh and he just so happens to be a few hours drive from there so uh in this time like there's a battle between jolene and poochie uh they manage to get um jotaro's discs back and just like plug them in him so now he's fine okay so we've got our we've got our punch boy back yep. that's good our old old man punch boy who is now able to stop time so poochie gets to the space museum and like weird things are starting to happen with him like his face starts caving in uh and just like weird stuff is going on around him um basically like the effect of his stand being so strong um like starts messing with him uh and then we get another Another fight between Jolene and Poochie, where Poochie uses his new gravity powers to start ripping holes inside Jolene and making her, basically, be sucked inside her own body. But Jolene's stand has the ability to turn her entire body into string. So, in the affected part, she makes a Mobius strip. So, she's not affected. Because so Okay, that's pretty cool. It's weird, but pretty yeah. cool. Okay, I can dig yeah. it. Yeah, and like I say, like... Part 6 ramps up the gruesomeness, so, like, you see, like, Jolene's, like, fingers bending back on themselves and, like, bones protruding. It's, like, super gross, but also really rad. And then Poochie attains heaven. So what was heaven? Heaven is a new stand that can bring about 
Poochie's ideals to the world. Okay. Okay. That's um <laughs> probably bad. It is. It's really bad. Uh and his new stand, Maiden Heaven, has complete dominion over time. It can accelerate it, it can reverse it, it can do all sorts of shenanigans, it can make his time accelerate, make him faster. Uh, and he's kind of losing control because all across the world, like different pockets of time are going faster or slower. Like um, people are like growing older in some places, and I think uh, a baby is born and then becomes an old man. And there's a there's a lovely little moment where um, we get reference to Rohan again. Like the the world is his world is speeding up so fast but he's the only manga artist who can keep up and keep drawing his manga. It's a really funny, uh, really funny little uh, callback. <laughs> so then there's... All right. Then we have the entire squad against Poochie with God-tier stand, and everyone except for Emporio dies. The heroes all die. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. You'd think it would only happen with a good villain. Yeah, yeah, the villain did a good. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's let's just go to part, let's just go to part seven. Um... <laughs> yeah, no, you're gonna finish explaining what happens to the heroes because I refuse to believe that a villain actually wins. <laughs> okay, well, so Poochie does technically win. Like that's actually a thing. The only person to survive is Emporia. And because he's close to Poochie when this happens, um, he retains all memory of what happens next. So, Maiden Heaven accelerates time in the universe. The universe dies and then is reborn. Okay. Into a world that carries Poochie's ideals. Uh, when I was talking about philosophy and stuff, um, he, one of his big things is his belief that um, to attain tr heaven, to attain true heaven, is to know your exact fate. So, in Pucci's version of this world, people that are close to him, uh, because it has a certain effect range that will slowly spread, people close to him ha gain like premonitions of what's about to happen to them. But they have, like, no idea what's going on. Like, this is the first time anyone has gained, like, a premonition. It's just super f***ing weird. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, Emporio is in the prison. Uh, he, he, like, runs into Pucci, and there's, like, no way for him to win. But, fortunately, they got another stand disc in one of the fights with Pucci. They got uh, Heavy Weather's stand, which is weather report and i specifically glossed over a lot of weather report because it controls the weather but that also means that it can turn people into snails if your eyes are closed aren't closed mm -hmm. that's weird it's weird okay so in this in the room that he's with poochie he turns the oxygen levels up to a poisonous level and poochie dies so now no one no one around okay. has premonitions uh Emporio escapes because he's back in the prison and just kind of walks out and starts walking down the uh, road of Florida and a bus pulls up and Hermes is driving it. 
the armies of this universe. And then a car pulls up with Heavy Weather, uh, Ansui, and Jolene of this universe. So all of the trials and tribulations that all these people have been through and all like the connections they shared, Emporio still has that in his head. And then he meets these people who are newly found alive, but they don't know him. And the... Oh, that's... It's... Yeah. <laughs> that's rough. That's real and rough. And the, the end of the... The end of part six is just... Emporio, like, bursts out crying, and that's the end. Oh. <laughs> yup. It's super <laughs> sad. That's real sad. Oh, that's... This is why you don't mess mm-hmm. with time travel, mm-hmm. kids. So the the heroes do win... And now this universe has been restarted, and things are different, mm-hmm. such as... Oh, yeah, there's a whole thing where uh, Dio's alive again. There we go. There it is. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about the original Dio, who was alive in Victorian times, which is where okay. Part 7 takes place. Segway. Cool. Gotcha. Love it. <laughs> Let's dive into this mess. What do you mean mess? What, what are you talking about? Joe, I remember <laughs> the last time we talked about this. <laughs> okay, let's let's do this. Part 7, Steel Ball Run. Uh, my personal favorite, uh, Jojo Pop. Because it is so rad and good. Alright. <laughs> we got time, so, uh, so yep. run it. So, uh, the Joestar... For this uh, part is Johnny Joestar, who is a disabled horse rider. He lost the use of his legs in a horse riding accident. Um, And the general plot is the United States government have helped fund a transcontinental race from one side of America to the other. Um, I don't remember because I don't know what's like East Coast and West Coast, but I believe it's New York to California or the other way around. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Johnny meets a Italian uh, named uh, Jaro Zeppoli, who um, he basically in the first time we meet uh, Jaro Zeppoli, he just kills a man um, in a real kind of Han Solo uh, introduction. Um, but he does it with a steel ball that spins weirdly. Uh, So Johnny touches it, he feels his energy go through him, and then he stands for a second, and then he slumps back down. So Johnny joins in the race because that's why Jaro is here, just so he can quiz him on, like, what is this strange power and how did it make me stand? Huh, okay. That's that's Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. So, the race begins. Um, The kind of Dueling narrative is this sort of like stand of the week, but also like the stats of this race, like who is doing well, like who's winning. Um, so the initial kind of direction the story takes is will Johnny or Giorno win this race? Uh, it takes a bit of a different turn in the later parts, <laughs> just a little bit. Okay, that seems ominous. Yeah. So. We really we just follow like a lot of Gyro and Johnny kind of getting to know each other. Character progression actually occurs. There is another reason why the race has been sanctioned by the United States government, 
And that's because the President of the United States has sent out his agents all across America to look for the corpse parts. The the corpse parts? Whose corpse is this? Well, Matt, there's a, um, there's a Mormon belief that uh, Jesus, once he was resurrected, uh, traveled to America. Um... Jojo's makes it canon, and he died in America and instructed his followers to scatter parts of his body about America. All right, then. So, so the president of the United States wants to find all the pieces of mm-hmm. dead Jesus. That is, that is a accurate assessment. Joe, I, I feel like, I feel like at some point, at some point, Jojo's lost a thread here, and just really decided to go whole hog into the Bananasville. Well, that's what happens when you cross universes, dude. I wish I could refute you, but no, that's completely true. So, <laughs> all right, so bits of dried Jesus mm-hmm. are being collected. Uh, why? Why is that? So, uh, it is believed in Holy Scripture that if you assemble the corpse of Jesus, you will gain his power. You know, I must have missed that bit. Well, this is kind of the, uh, this is the addendum to the Bible, if you will. It is heavily implied and revealed later that Jesus was a stand user, and that's how he performed all of his miracles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, sure, fine. Okay, I mean, Assassin's Creed made him just have an apple <laughs> yeah. eaten or whatever, so cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's his stand do? Or do we know yet? Um, his stand, um, it fluctuates between uh, 7 and 8, the kind of like actual abilities of it. But essentially, it's like an all-powerful like heal. Like, it gives you the ability to grant like eternal life and stuff. Because that's what Jesus did. I mean, yeah. kinda? Uh, also, if, if, if this at all, like either freaks you out or you're interested look up jojo jesus because uh hirohiko rahi likes drawing really buff dudes and jesus is one hell of a holy buff dude (laughs) (laughs) all right all right so buff jesus buff jesus will will uh will give you power pretty much cool 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 so this this becomes the story of a race to the story of keeping these uh, Jesus parts out of the hands of the United States president, Funny Valentine. One of his agents include Diego Brando, who is the Dio of this universe. Nice. Okay. I'm on board. I like yeah, it. Yeah, he's basically the greatest British jo- jockey of all history. Um, there's a lot of cool things in fight scenes with him where he's like, he understands horses so much that he's able to predict how horses will react and use that as a fighting style. Uh, he also picks up the eye of Jesus and uh, is able to turn anything into a velociraptor. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did um, did you just tell me that the eyeball of Jesus can turn people or anything into velociraptors? Um in so many words, um, no. The the eye of G, the corpse parts like also give out stands because they needed a reason to give people stands. 
so, you know, Diego's is just... Here I make anything into a velociraptor. Okay. I mean, look. Look. That's the most baller power that we have talked about yet. If I could just be like, no, there's a lot of traffic today. <laughs> I'm going to make all these cars into velociraptors. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. Uh, That's a wonderful power. There are a few references to, uh, to Jurassic Park in there. <laughs> like, the site is based off movement, so like... Diego goes full Velociraptor and everyone just stands still and he can't see any of them. <laughs> <laughs> this this does still feel like a step down from the super awesome powers he had previously. Oh, don't worry. He gets those as well. <laughs> oh. Okay, so... So, really, this is Joe's Bizarre Adventure, but really, everyone just loves Dio is the message here. Pretty much. Like, if you ask most people who their favorite villain was, they'd say Dio, because he's the most iconic, he is the most meme-worthy, uh, and, like, what's not to love? He is an immortal vampire who can stop time. And he's always, like, the, the he's always the biggest kind of overarching threat. Like, even when he's not involved, like, everyone always refers to Jojo as the battle against the curse of Dio, which is just his actions. Uh, less so in part eight because it's a new universe. Mr. Boy Who Can Make Velociraptors has the Eye of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, presumably the other agents are out there gathering bits of dead buff Jesus. Yep. Um, yep. And gaining stands. It's, yeah, and gaining stands because of it. So I guess that's our Monsters of the Week. Pretty much. Um, again, like, problem solving is a thing in JoJo's. So, like, the fights are really, really heckin' cool. Um, there is one I, I do want to bring up. Um, we talked about this last time. Um, but uh, there is a character called Ringo Rodigan who had a who gained a stand not from Jesus, but just from killing a murderer when he was a sickly six-year-old. Um, there is a okay. there is a moment where um, our heroes run across this uh, run across this shack. Um, and Johnny is shot and seemingly killed from nowhere. Uh, so Gyro basically has a cowboy showdown with uh, Ringo Road again. All the while, Ringo is kind of espousing his views on like social values, deviating from the man's true values and paths of light and stuff like that. Um, it's it really works into like Gyro's character progression as the stuff goes on. But they have this super cool showdown. Um, Ringo's power is the ability to turn time back six seconds. Okay, that could be real interesting. Yeah, so if you think we have a showdown... Oh, the, the other thing about the sand is he has to click his watch to be able to activate it. So, you think you have this showdown of, like, who's the fastest draw? I have a revolver. Jairo has a spinny ball. Um... I'm just not going to talk about spin. Like, <laughs> it's a whole other okay. thing. <laughs> okay. It's like perpetual motion, but also just giving energy to things. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, they kind of go through this like a few times, and uh, eventually Gyro gets used to six seconds passing and uses things like 
the house collapsing around him to his advantage. Like, instead of throwing his ball directly at Ringo, he, like, hits a... Um, hits, like, a shard of wood that stops the entire left side of Ringo's arm, so he can't you he can't click the button to revert time. And, of course, in Ringo's dying monologue, he espouse these views of now that you understand man's true values you'll find yourself on the path of light a path to enlightenment oh and by the way i never needed to hit the button on my watch to activate my stand i just do it to make things fair okay (laughs) that's a man's values it's fighting a man who's beneath you but making things fair (laughs) all right So I think really we can just kind of head to the end. Like, I don't want to bring up every story. Like, I don't want to talk about Oe Komova and Wekpopo and... <laughs> yeah, we we can just kind of, we can just kind of start cutting to the meat of the, of the plot here. So, um, presumably all the bits of dead Jesus are going to come together. Yes, that is currently happening. All the agents of, um, Funny Valentine are converging on one point uh the only one that they don't currently have is the eye which fell into possession of gyro after he defeated um after he defeated diego and diego ran off so let's talk about funny valentine's stand dirty deeds done dirt cheap has the ability to cross a to move a move its user across different dimensions so there is only one stand, but all of the funny Valentines of the multiverse have this ability. Okay. So if he gets injured, he can just swap them out. Um, you know, and all of the funny Valentines know that their goal is to collect the corpse parts. And funny Valentine's plan is just to save America, make America great again. But he's actually kind of cool, you know. Look, when he starts off, he's fat and has impractical blonde hair. I'm just saying. So, so maybe someone was trying to make a point. I mean, to be fair, this this came out before. Well, this came out, this finished in 2011. So I'm not saying Hirohiko Araki like can see the future. He definitely didn't predict 9/11. That's not a thing. That's not a conspiracy theory that's ever come up. <sighs> so what you're saying is. He knows that this is another universe, and he already lived through the previous one. <laughs> oh my god, that's so terrifying! <laughs> so he just knows what's about to happen? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> All these stands are just powers that he has. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, talk to another... Weird. He just talked to a version of himself in a different dimension that's just a... A few years ahead of us. Um, okay, so dude is wanting to get the dead Jesus to make the country great again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that's not going to work well for him. Well, he has all the parts of Jesus together. Yes, but but Dio's there. I'm sure he's going to be the real villain, right? Well... Huh? Okay, so here's what happens. The corpse of Jesus takes over the body of a girl, and Funny Valentine pulls some of the power out of it to gain a new stand ability, 
which is the ability to create pockets to alternate dimensions anywhere he wants, even including so inside someone's body. It's a thing. Um, and yeah, he basically creates like dimensional barriers so he is free from harm. And Gyro gains a stand because of his proximity with the Jesus parts that can break through dimensional walls that Funny keeps putting up so he can actually attack him. And then Gyro dies. Johnny oh. unlocks the final part of his stand, which has the same ability, like exactly the same ability, like can break through dimensional walls, but it allows physical things to affect stands. So, with there only being one stand for the funny Valentines, he basically destroys the stand so that none of the Valentines can move across dimensional worlds and if they, but if they do, um, sorry, so they can move as much as they want through dimensional walls, but the stand will always be affected. So eventually, uh, Funny dies. Hmm. Okay. And then, from out of one of the dimensional pockets, Dio shows up. And instead of having the power of turning things into velociraptors, he has the world again. Nice. Okay, so we like this Dio. This is good Dio. Yeah. And then he, like, just dies. <laughs> they have a fight, and he's just like, oh, I guess I'm dead now. <laughs> Look, everyone says how cool Dio is. He, he dies, like, twice for just no reason. <laughs> Why does this cool kid go out like a chump? <laughs> You'd think for everyone's talking about him, he'd be really good, but... <laughs> yeah, that's... Wow, he just goes out like a chump. He was honestly way cooler when he turned uh, Gyro and... Uh, uh, well, he turned... Yeah, he turns Gyro into his Velociraptor servant. So he basically wins, and then, but he doesn't do it to Johnny, so he frees him. But, you know, if you could get it just on Johnny, who is the only one alive at this point, uh, yeah. And then part seven ends with uh, Johnny on a boat. He can now walk because of the power of the spin. Again, spin is dumb and confusing, and it never shows up again, so, yeah. Uh, and he's on a boat to bury Jaro's body in his hometown of Italy. Uh, and then he meets a woman, um, a Japanese woman, uh, something, uh, Higashikata. Uh, and so part eight is Moriocho in an alternate universe. And that was our five parts of JoJo's. Wow. Okay, so, uh, so, so I guess further adventures are going to take place in this new universe? That that seems to be the thing. Um, currently, the manga is still ongoing with part eight, which is, despite all I've said, this isn't finished, and it's already the most bonkers part of JoJo's. Okay. Like, if you thought... <laughs> that like, makes me sad, somehow. If you thought stand abilities were just too broken and overpowered, yeah, there's a... The main character has a stand that can remove things from people's bodies, including just life. He doesn't do it because he's a good guy, but he basically has the ability to remove anything. That's... 
Joe, this whole this whole manga is just too much. <laughs> just just too much. I I wish I could um I wish I could refute that from the point of view of someone who isn't already in love with uh this whole manga. I just can't. All, all I can do is explain to you what happens because the best thing about JoJo's and I love this. I could tell you exactly what happens in a story. There is still worthwhile points to read. Like, I told you everything that happens in those five parts. There are still worthwhile parts of reading it because so much cool shit happens that you can't even go over and won't even spoil the main plot. Okay, so for kind of our closing question here, um, what stand is your favorite out of all of the ones? Uh, Don't do this to me. I'm doing it to you. Oh, no, you're the worst. What's that? Oh, uh, okay. Okay. We didn't talk about it, but I'm going to pick a... I'm going to pick a stand from part five, and I'm going to pick it from the light novel that came after it to justify its existence. So, my friend, Purple Haze is a stand that releases a virulent poison that kills anyone within 30 seconds. Anyone near. Okay. In the light novel, uh, Fugo, the character with it, and the stand evolve so that it has the ability to, like, he gains the ability to, like, selectively pick things. That's not a good all-purpose stand, but I just love the design of Purple Haze. Um, yeah, I, like... The only other one that like sprung to mind was Hey Ya, which is just the stand of You Are Very Lucky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um That's a really tough Joe, question, dude. Though. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute trip. <laughs> uh I hope I didn't break your brain too badly. I think I'm just gonna stay away from all manga for a little while. <laughs> Between this and Sailor Moon, I just I think I have just been very badly damaged. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. man, it's, it's, um, it's a hell of a thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I feel for for Travis, your co-host. I really do. The the problem with um the problem with doing it with Travis and doing it with you is because Matt, you are a lovely, amiable person. I know Travis in real life, and he's a bit of a dick, so he totally deserves it. No matter how much he may... Oh, no, I'm, I'm being so tortured. That guy knows he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Travis, I didn't say it. That was your co-host, Travis, that said it. Not me. We're still cool. Um, so, uh, once more, Joe, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm pretty much always available on Twitter. It's pretty much the only social media platform I use. Uh, that is at the Joe Hadfield. And uh, as Matt mentioned, I have a co-host in a podcast that I do called WTF Anime, where each week myself and my friend Travis watch an episode of anime and it either breaks his brain or, you know, we talk about, uh, we talk about topics that are relevant to society mostly i just break him <laughs> mentally like we had we had a good run of talking about uh actual politics and uh the lgbtq 
uh, community, but no, it's all just suffering now. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend? Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Rosevere and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>